Danielle Denwald. And I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. Governor Kevin Stitt released more than 450 inmates from state prison in November 2019. Fewer than three years after their sentences were commuted, almost half of those inmates have been arrested again. Reporter Nolan Clay is here today. Nolan, your latest story takes us back to November 2019 when hundreds of inmates were released from prison in a single day and what happened to some of those inmates since then. So let's start from the beginning. Why were so many people released in the first place and what happened next? Well, all these criminal justice reform people pushed through a state question that reclassified certain uh, felonies, uh, possession of drugs, and certain property crimes as misdemeanors. And then the uh, legislature, and Governor Stitt signed it, made this uh, change retroactive. So the pardon and parole board on the day the law went into effect recommended commutation for hundreds Uh, over 500, and the governor signed off on the commutations, and over 450 got out on the same day uh, because of that. So when lawmakers adopted that bill that made State Question 780 essentially retroactive, were there concerns about releasing so many people from prison all at once? Well, I mean, prosecutors were... uh, Across the state, we're certainly concerned. I mean, their whole point is that you've got to, you know, you've got to really work to get in prison on uh, for even something like simple possession, even when it was a felony. That, and you can see from the court cases I looked at that a lot of the people they may have started out with a suspended sentence, but they kept getting arrested, and eventually they got it revoked, and eventually they went to prison. But uh, it was all commuted, and they got out. And at the time. Uh, Stitt uh, was saying that we have these nonprofit groups and job fairs, and if you need help, reach out for help. But I mean, some of these people either didn't want to or didn't take advantage of it, or maybe it wasn't as widespread the help as as it was uh, made to sound like. And I mean, the one dude was arrested the very next day, so he was in a uh, vacant house, and they found hypodermic needles and. Uh, he comes out and, and the property owner confronts him and he begs the property owner not to call the police. He'd just been sleeping, but they called the police and he went back in. He went to drug court. He basically flunked out of drug court because he supposedly strangled his wife. And now he's back in jail and someday we'll go back to prison. The Oklahoman learned what happened to these inmates through an open records request that you filed. Those records show that some of the people released on drug and property crime charges returned to jail on a broad spectrum of of new charges. You you mentioned one. What are some of the other crimes that were alleged to have been committed? Well, to be clear, some of these people who got, quote, second chances, uh, unquote, had outstanding warrants on old cases that existed before they... uh, uh, went into uh, uh, prison. But when you get a second chance, you probably should take care of those old warrants. And uh, they didn't. And they got arrested again. But even if you el- eliminate those, you still have, you know, 170 or, or more who, who committed uh, supposedly new crimes, uh, ranging up to murder. One guy is back in prison after fatally shooting his brother in law in the back. And overall, of the 422 that the OSBI tracked, and I couldn't figure out why the OSBI tracked 422, 
when there were supposedly 450 released. But this list I got had was the OSBI told me it was of 422 inmates that they tracked and 208 had uh, uh, been arrested again, some multiple times, some for as simple as stuff as trespassing. Uh, but there was murder, there was assault, there was arson. The dude who uh, uh, burnt down a, a, a gas station slash convenience store in Norman, uh, uh, they were arrested again. And, and uh, uh, 22 of them, as of the, when the uh, OSBI last kept track, which was in December, 22 of them are back in uh, prison. Uh, some uh, are awaiting a trial that may send them back to prison. Some have been sent to federal court. The other person charged with murder is uh, her case is pending in federal court because of McGirt. And some of them won't go back to prison because what they committed were uh, drug offenses that are defined as now as misdemeanors. And uh, they went to, uh, you know, jail instead of prison but there's one dude he was involved in a, a drug ring uh, that was distributing uh methamphetamine and heroin and they had stash houses here in uh oklahoma city and they were uh supposedly uh sending money back to mexico and and uh he got caught and uh with a gun and was sent to federal prison for 16 years, which is not one of the 22 that uh, OSBI tracked. So, and there may be others who went to federal prison. So some of them have already gone back to prison and some others will. Nolan, your story notes the difference between being re-arrested and being re-imprisoned. Being arrested doesn't mean you've been found guilty of a crime. What do the numbers say about how many have been convicted of new offenses? Is that anywhere near as high as the number of new arrests? Well, I mean, the data didn't have uh, the status of each case, but I spot-checked. I spot checked dozens of cases and some have uh, uh, been put in drug court. Some, as I mentioned, are awaiting trial. Uh, some, uh, the, you know, a, a few times the DA said, nah, we're not going to we're not going to prosecute this. Uh, uh, another few times. Uh, uh, somebody was acquitted at trial. So, I mean, like anytime somebody has been rearrested, uh, the outcome is, 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 a, is a range, but some have gone back to prison. And as I said, some will, I mean, their cases are pretty damning and eventually they'll either be convicted. One thing about the criminal justice system in Oklahoma and everywhere is that the pandemic has put court cases behind and you know before the pandemic somebody arrested in 2019 or 2020 uh their cases might have been adjudicated by now it's not depending on how severe it is but that's not the case with the pandemic and that's not the case with McGirt too a lot of cases and this will be the way it is for a long time we're going to take a long time to uh to 
get through the court system. Well, the short answer to your question, because of McGirt, because of the pandemic, is that we'll need to check back in two more years to see how many of these people actually end up back in prison. But, you know, here's the thing, though. Do you do you gauge recidivism on how many actually make it back to prison? Because, again, some of these people are not going back to prison. They're going to jail or drug court. Or do you gauge them by uh, how many people have been rearrested? And uh, the OSBI missed some. I've seen cases that people were arrested and they didn't have on their list. But, uh, I mean, it's pretty uh, shocking that almost half have uh, been rearrested when the governor's made this such a big part of his so-called successes in his first year in office. Well, Nolan, speaking of the governor, this is an election season and the governor's up for re-election. We've seen ads celebrating and attacking Governor Stitt's criminal justice record, uh, including his support and signature of the bill that, that released all of these folks. You reported on this. Who paid for those ads and what argument are they making against the governor? Well, dark money groups paid for the ads. Uh, some, uh, they caught millions of dollars. You watch uh, TV news and you should read the paper first, but you watch TV news if you, and uh, you'll see two or three ads attacking uh, Stitt. Now, Stitt has started to, and groups supporting Stitt have started to counter that with ads uh, of their own and, and his support, but uh, I mean, uh, they're everywhere. And uh, the dark money groups aren't disclosing uh, uh, who their donors are, uh, but they're clearly people who do not like Stitt. And uh, I mean, and there's lots of speculation uh, about, uh, you know, is it the tribes who he's had disagreements with? But, you know, the bottom line is we don't really know. In your story, you quoted um, the director of one of these groups, or at least a spokesman, Trevor Worthen, who is well known as a Republican consultant in Oklahoma. So, you know, the, these are this is attacks coming from his right, which you know may make him more vulnerable during the primary. And I, I'm not ex- asking you to comment on that, but doesn't it seem significant that you know some of the opposition is actually coming from within the Republican Party on this? And I will comment on it. I mean, the bottom line is, uh, you know, Stitt can put all kinds of money into his own campaign like he did uh, uh, when he was first elected. And uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's probably going to win being a Republican uh, unless he does something really stupid. So why are all these groups putting out all this money to, uh, uh, to attack him? Uh, uh, you know, sometimes you ask them and they say, you know, we're not an election thing. We're uh, trying to inform the public that Stitt's making mistakes. And uh, it's very uh, unique in, uh, to Oklahoma politics and perplexing in some ways, but certainly interesting and certainly fodder for news stories. You also wrote about another group that put out ads that celebrated his criminal justice record, um, you know, praising him for Oklahoma having a low recidivism rate, saying Oklahomans can sleep soundly at night, knowing that they are safe within our our state. Tell us about that group and and what they're trying to say. I mean, again, that's, uh, it's, it's strange. They're, uh, they're the American conservative union, uh, the foundation of that group 
and they also have uh you know political group over the overall umbrella group has political stuff too and uh they took uh some of the same data that i did and uh and actually they took a, a broader look at uh, people who were commuted and uh they said uh, uh you know that and that their the data they looked at said only 23 of 570 some uh, low-level drug offenders commuted in Stitt's first year, uh, which would have included the ones that I have gone back to prison, and uh, and that means the recidivism rate is really low. Well, does it? Again, I mean, some of these people are still awaiting trial. The one dude went back to federal trial, and so he couldn't be counted. Uh, I mean, it was. Uh, it was it's really interesting but their their language was very uh colorful and and effusive in their praise what does stitz campaign have to say about these ads oh they say dark money they, they, that stitz really ticked off the special interests that are that are uh trying to get rid trying to get rid of him and i mean i've got this fundraising letter he just goes on the corrupt power brokers want their power back in november and you and I stand in their way. Uh, I mean, it's again, it's the typical rhetoric you uh, you see in these campaign letters. But it's interesting. I mean, it shows they're taking it somewhat seriously. Our goal is to raise 120,000 in the next 15 days. Knowing the firepower of our far left radical fringe opponents, realizing how obsessed they are with retrieving their last power, understanding how much they'll spend and how low they'll go. It's time for you to become an active Team Stitt member. So this one, this letter that I that I uh, had given to me says, uh, ask for personal contributions of 25, 50, 100, 250, 500, or more. I think, I think we could just have you read all the political correspondence out there, Nolan. I'd be fine with that. The final question I have is, do you think this data will make some of the lawmakers who voted for the bill a couple of years ago, do you think that'll make them reevaluate their support of criminal justice reform legislation? Well, the uh, pendulum always swings too, I mean, too far. And, uh, and uh, whenever there are reforms and there are a lot of people rethinking uh, uh, these, these reforms, I don't know how much they'll be rethinking these reforms, but, and uh, some people say we haven't reformed enough, but yes, the short answer to your question is yes. I think it will make some of these legislators say, I ain't doing that again. I mean, the, you know, the bottom line of, of, of that state question, the, the, the main, one of the main criticisms is that somebody could be arrested a hundred times for possession of heroin or possession of the dang roofie drug roofie drug, however you pronounce it, and they would still still be a misdemeanor every time. And uh, I mean, there are nuances that uh, may uh, uh, cause changes in the law, uh, or we may still have even more uh, uh, reforms because we still have that high incarceration rate hanging over Oklahoma's head, which makes us look bad everywhere. And it does make us look bad because it is bad having the highest incarceration rate in the nation for women. I mean, that looks bad. It is bad. Right. Just to explain that further, I mean, in 2016, Oklahoma, if it were a country, would have led the world 
in uh, the number of uh, citizens per capita imprisoned. Um, Oklahoma has led the nation in its incarceration of women. And in 2016, it led the country in its incarceration of, of people in our state. And so I guess this measure to release all of these inmates on a single day was a step toward lowering that. But I, I, I suppose there are some out there who might argue that the support outside of the prison walls or within them isn't isn't far enough. It's not supportive enough. And, and and this is evidence of that, that, you know, they end up back behind bars again. Well, you're right. I mean, it is what it is. It's uh, it, there's a debate. Uh, it's uh, uh, people can take the information like uh, like they always should and make their own uh, uh, decisions and form their own opinions about what it means. Nolan, thanks so much for joining this week and and talking about this data that you collected that really does shine a light on the after effects of this momentous and very significant legislation um, that came after uh, voters approved state question 780. Thanks for joining us. And to our listeners, I want to thank you for listening to us this week. The podcast that you heard today is possible because of the Oklahomans' subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read Nolan's story and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back Friday for a new episode.